For another episode, hold my bread. We are live in the studio. I finally made it. It's me, Elon Thrust, aka the Big Schmooze, aka Ranch, because I be dressing. We're back. Joel Wachowski. It is the Wolf of Wachowski's dream. <laughs> the Wolf is here. Come on, <laughs> breadheads. Uh, join the gluten gang. It's time to carbo load. Welcome to Hold My Bread, the $1,374.47 podcast. Yes. What a big day. What a moment. We're growing. We, so we are celebrating today. Uh, we'll get to our guest in a moment. We'll introduce her. But yeah. Um, we have here from our one of our earlier episodes. Yeah, this is a big deal. This is like an we, unveiling. We got her back. <laughs> Money bags Riley's in the house. Yeah. The first guest. Honestly, I've sent out when people ask me what's your favorite episode of the podcast. Your episode is the one I send them. That's good. I'm I mean glad that hundred percent. I've sent that. Yeah. So welcome back to the podcast. Nice. Thank you for coming yeah, back. Thanks for having me again. Yeah, very excited. And um. It, are we allowed to use your real yeah, name you can, this you time? Get, things have changed. Get, things have changed. Yeah, you guys can use my real name. The veil has been pulled back. Do you want to use your real name, or would you like to give yourself another a, a better fake name? Because we didn't come <laughs> up with Moneybags Riley on the spot last time. Yeah. Um, no, I'll I'll say my real name. So my name is Grace. Warren Buffett. Warren Buffett. <laughs> yeah. Warren Buff. Uh, Warren Musk. No, Grace. Thank you for coming on, Grace. Yeah. Uh, it's very nice to have you back. Uh, this is our end of the year episode. Uh, we're going to put this at the end of the year. And so, so for this episode, we each pick three Wall Street or Wall Street adjacent stories. F- we're going to yeah. go over and say, this is why they're interesting. This is why they, interest the, they impacted the market, yeah. my life, my soul, my well-being. Yeah. And I just, just want to share it with friends. Uh, yeah, exactly. So this is our, our end of the year episode. So I just, you know, I pulled a couple things. You know, I mean, I don't know if this is one on the podcast or not, but I'm a big uh, Elon Musk fan. I love Tesla. Tesla, the Cybertruck. What do you think about the Cybertruck? Did you see it? Uh, was that the one that like people were like, "This looks like a kid." You know it, it was. Yeah. That's exactly <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, it's the one where they threw the big balls at the uh, windows and they yeah, shattered. Yeah, yeah. I feel like I don't know. I don't know if you've been to any of those like what are they called press conferences or those like um, it's like an unveiling. Unve- or yeah, something. those auto never, show right. The, well, auto show. Maybe, well, those nobody. It's he, like it's like when Apple unveils a product. It's like or, a product release. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Those never go well. Yeah. Like there's all these footage of like. Steve Ballmer and all these other losers j- dancing on stage and being weird. It's like, that's not good for everybody. So. No, that is good for them because that footage of Steve Ballmer be- dancing on stage is still being circulated <laughs> over two decades later. Yeah, it's not cool, but it's effective. It is in the zeitgeist. That's true. But it's, I'm just, what I'm saying is, though, it's like those things are never, nobody ever walks away from those being like, what a successful launch. I feel like they're always, something always happens. Yeah, but the, the, we're, I'm going to get into this is later, but just by becoming a negative talking point, the, Cybertruck is a successful launch. Well, it's like free advertising. It's like it became a meme, all these memes and stuff. People, I mean, that's, that's all true. That's all free. Yeah. And people are roasting it, but it's like they already, well, we'll get to this in a minute, but Tesla, so Tesla started, when Tesla uh, started, I think they started in 2008, 2009 is when they took off. 937 roadsters sold in 2009. Um, Right now, all to white suburban dads. That's not like, true. Hey, I, I can retire a year later. I want this electric car. Well, it's funny you say that. Tesla set a record. They sold twenty thousand cars in the Netherlands alone. And VW congratulated them because they won the best car of the year award in uh, in the Netherlands. Yeah, but that's it, huge. Volkswagen has a grip on them. Yeah, but when you think cars, you don't think Netherlands. What's your favorite Dutch automaker? I have yet to walk down the street and see an automobile made out of wood. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can hear them coming. They click clack down the road. And, and yo, dog, I was saying that like Teslas were owned by white suburban dads, and that's probably the case in the Netherlands. If they live in Amsterdam, you know they're bicycling. All those cars in the Amster- in the Netherlands, they were owned by white suburban dads. That's the only people who drive Teslas. That's not true at all. <laughs> That's not true. If um, you drive a Tesla, there's a 99% chance you wear a golf shirt to banquets. No, Teslas are cool. They're hip guy cars. Well, no. I th- for me, like the thing is, it's not even suburban dads. I think like these tech guys in San Francisco are like go. the ones that are always driving That's them. That's right, yeah. exactly. But uh, there's, I mean, it's crazy. Uh, 160 to 300 mile range. Uh, that's huge. They have the biggest range of any any electric vehicle. They have the largest charge range of any of them. Well, Volkswagen doesn't even come close. What do they cook on such a large stove? It's a huge range. <laughs> All these burners. I mean, come on. It's Thanksgiving. You're you're lucky you have it. 
0 to 60 in less than 5 seconds on a semi. The, the Tesla semi goes 0 to I don't know why you would need to go that fast, that quick in a, in a semi. Um, but, I don't know. But Usually when you have that much speed in a semi, it's in the trucker's bloodstream. Um, <laughs> um, t- uh, Truckers do a lot of math. <laughs> yeah. In That's pretty good off the cuff, right? In 2009, mm. they had 2,000 deposits, $5,000 each deposit. That's $10 million, like that. That's like pretty, that. That's 2009. But in uh, coming up, it's they had $700 million for the Model 3. $700 million for the Model 3. It's just grown over and over and over again. And the Cybertruck um, this year, which is... Uh, I think it's very cool. I think it's too cool. It's too new. People it makes people uncomfortable. Um, but they had was a hundred and ninety something insane. I have it written down. I can't find it. But they have a hundred. It was like a hundred fifty thousand uh, pre uh, pre orders or whatever. Insane of a hundred dollars each. So I'm is, not, it, I'm is this one of your that, stories, but. or you, did you just come ready to talk about Tesla? No, that's what I want to talk. about. I want to talk about Tesla's growth over the years. But, they grew from when they were when they started in two thousand nine. Uh, I think this is a big year for Tesla. I think it's a turning point for Tesla. This is a big year for them, big year for Elon Musk. That's why I brought it up. He's not being convicted of calling that guy a pedophile. That's my other story. (laughs) I have the other story is the Tesla. We've got to celebrate Elon Musk being able to call that guy a pedophile successfully. Um, Yeah. How do you feel about that? What do you think about Elon Musk? Did we talk about him on the last episode? Do you hate him? People um, hate him. Yeah, I do hate Elon yeah, Musk. That's why I like him. He's Maybe, a villain. He is like a villain, but also Elon Musk has all these ideas that like only work because like it's like, oh yeah, this is like so cool, man. And it's like always believing in the story. And like Elon Musk is a part of that. And I'm like, <laughs> I get it. Like your leadership matters, but also he's just like such a ridiculous human. I think he's like a good anti-hero. I mean, he's a lot like Martin Shkreli, but he's not as not as hard to Martin Shkreli's a tough pill to swallow. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but Elon Only Musk because is... it costs over seven hundred dollars. Yeah, but they said they came out. Uh, that was the other. My other story was uh, it's a big year for Tesla because Elon Musk. Uh, that guy tried to sue him for what it was like one hundred and forty million dollars by for defamation, and the courts were like he didn't defame you. And one of the things they used in the court case was a photo of him with like one of like a king or a prince or something. And like if this hurt your reputation, how did you get a photo with this? royalty and that's one of the things that helped them win the uh, the case but just wow. back, back to the cyber truck for a second like i think the cyber truck is cool full disclosure Super if sick. i had money to buy a new car i would buy a cyber truck i just feel like i'm the type of guy who can actually pull off a cyber truck <laughs> and i know if you're listening to me on the podcast you probably don't know what i look like but i look like a human version of the cyber truck <laughs> <It's true. laughs> you're, you're big you're very angular very quick you go zero to sixty very fast, and I look like a little kid drew me. So. <laughs> <laughs> but here's the thing: if we're going to talk about Tesla, it's great. It's an electric car company. I'm all for that technology. You They're- know, we have that Ford investment because Ford's going to br- build the largest network of charging networks. But I work in commercial trucking as some of my day jobs, and if you were to make just a regular truck without all these bells and whistles, something that you can use to just legitimately haul things. That would be such a such a seller in the marketplace because the margins for having an electronic truck would help thousands of companies across the world, if not millions. Right, absolutely. And they've grown so much. I mean, like in 2009, 71 designers and engineers in 2009. 50,000 people now work. So uh, what is the price of the car again the the cyber truck yeah, i don't have the exact truck. number but it's like i think the Starts base at 40,000 i was i think the base model is like 38 39 something around there okay um for the base model and there's three of them and i think one of them like i said has like a 300 um mile range on one charge that is all the stuff i looked up tesla their technology they have even ford and all these other companies there was that whole thing about the truck being pulled and it was only in two-wheel drive did you see that at all no i haven't they, seen that they so. did like a demonstration where they used a cyber truck to port pull a f-150 but the f-150 was in second gear or was only using two-wheel drive and there's a whole thing with that but Ford has come out and said, like, Tesla, the technology they have is hands, you know, hands down way better than what they offer. They have the range. They have, um, they're stealing, if you've seen, like, there's a new Mustang that's coming out that has, like, a screen in the middle. It's clearly ripped off of the Tesla model. Um, right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like they're a But huge... if they have all this technology, when are we going to see it rolled out in a useful manner? I mean, I think the cars, I don't know. There's Well, that's a problem because I feel like people talk about how it's, I don't have. I can't refute this argument. People are like, it costs. It's worse for the environment to build these 
these electric cars than right. there. You know what I mean? Like it's it's yeah. So I don't have a. I can't argue with that because I don't know the research. I haven't done. The I research. don't. I don't know either. But it is kind of the thing of like what are the precious metals that they're putting into these electric cars that are like being mined as well and like right. digging up the dirt. So like. I don't know. Yeah, right. it's an interesting thought. And yeah. just in the spirit of investing, I believe that a lot of the Tesla batteries are lithium-ion based. So yeah. if you have like $6 sitting in like an old trading account, find like a long shot lithium mining company. Because if those are able to like be functional, there is going to be a need for lithium in the marketplace. They'll be able to sell it guaranteed. Well, they're building a gigafactories. All, they have like one they built in Australia. There's one in China. I think they're going to build a new one. I can't remember where, but they're building a new one in like 2021, 2022. So they're building factories. And also it's like Tesla is the first car company in the United States to file for an IPO since like Ford in like the 50s. Yeah, that's true. I mean, that's crazy. It is. They are like a disruptor in the space. Yeah. I, 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 like everything else aside, yeah, they are disrupting the entire I automotive space. I absolutely love that. But you see the, their stock price, it, I don't think it necessarily correlates to their sales. If I see if a Ford stock is selling for $9 a share, I don't understand why Tesla is selling for over $300. No, the the Cybertruck is an idea. The Ford F one fifty is the best selling truck on the market for decades and decades. Yeah, it's it, and it all comes down to like what, like I was saying, like the people's belief in like Elon or investors, I should say, belief in Elon Musk and him to continue this momentum in disrupting the automotive space. That's like why it's so much because they think like eventually there will be a turning point where it'll actually be profitable and like they'll be able to make it to other markets and make it cheaper right. for like the general consumer so right. yeah yeah but i just see like the price it's already trading on is if it were to accomplish all these things it might someday accomplish yeah so the idea also is like markets are forward looking so they don't necessarily make sense in the here and now yeah it's yeah. being treated like an emerging market when cars have been sold for over a hundred years yeah just- they've been building cars and selling cars the same way for so long though for i mean forever yeah, but innovation's been slowly. This is just, they're just trying to be the first company to do a good marriage of technology and engineering in an automobile. True. I just think, like, here, you know, they unveiled the Cybertruck, and people say it looks like a video game, the thing from video games and all this stuff. It's like five years from now, Ford, there's, Ford is going to come out with a truck that looks similar. Right. Uh, I mean, Dodge is going to do that. I've seen mock-ups of like some of the Ford and 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 Dodge trucks they have, and I'm they're concept cars, but it's like they don't even look close to as cool as the Tesla truck does. Right. It's crazy. It's yeah, the, the truck isn't about looking cool. A truck is about utility, and you know these these American-made trucks they can be used for a hundred different things. What can the Cybertruck be used for as other than a talking point? That is very true. I feel like the Ford and all those other trucks, they have like seven lift gates and they have all these steps and straps and stuff. The, 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 I think a big thing with Tesla is they're very minimalistic cars. Yeah, but. if there isn't a place to put a ratchet strap, get the fuck out of here. You have no business entering the trucking realm. I can't no put... No, What do you, you mean I can't put truck nuts on my <laughs> Tesla? This is bullshit. And, you know, we're talking about this Tesla stock, but, like, back to the Ford thing, you could buy Tesla for, like, what, $336 today? Something like that, yeah. It's in that neighborhood. It's it might high be, now. But, like, Ford, you can just buy in on the Ford Motor Company for $9 and then have access to the electronic charging network. Yeah. If they're able to pull that off... That's more of a market cornering than anything Tesla has. Yeah, I guess the one thing I do question is they are they're marketing towards two different consumers. Like Ford's consumer right now is very much like the typical like middle America, like typical consumer, whereas Tesla is still like the high end consumer. Right. Where yeah. like they can like spend forty thousand dollars on a new car. So like it is the difference between like in right. that. Well, I feel like I uh, I don't know the details of this, but if you're going to buy a Tesla, you uh, you have to uh, people have to have like charging ports built into their homes. I yeah. mean, you have to be able to charge that when you're at home. So it's like that has got to be that can't be included in the price of the car. I mean, that's like I think I've never heard anyone talk about. Yeah, I haven't heard people talk about that either. Yeah, so to have that you know installed in your house is probably not cheap. And I would just love to see a Venn over Venn diagram, the overlap between people who purchase a Tesla and people who have a terrible peanut allergy. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's a lot, and it isn't a coincidence. They all have hyphen last names, a nut allergy, and a love for Elon Musk. Yeah, I, um, <laughs> you know, I yeah, I've never. It's cra- I haven't even ridden a Tesla before. Have you? No. Have you? 
I've ridden in a Tesla. I've never ridden in one. Wasn't impressed. You know, nothing can beat a Revel scooter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love the wind in my hair. I love the wind in my what used to be hair. <laughs> <laughs> I love the wind of my head. Listen, um, I love Revel scooters because they have an amazing disruption in the marketplace because you're allowed to run red lights on them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, they don't tell you that, but you're allowed to. <laughs> I don't think anyone's ever been pulled over in a Revel scooter. Lord knows I've tried. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Back, I, back when I was uh, in college, I didn't know what white privilege was yeah. yet. Yeah. I had a car that I had no taillights on it. So one night I went around and saw how many times I could get pulled over. Wow. Don't they mark it down every time? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got pulled over nine times. Were they ever like, didn't we just stop you? Let off with a warning every single time. Wow. That's uh, yeah, that's wild. I, I don't know why I tell these stories, no, too. It didn't, it didn't contribute to anything. No, it's very interesting. I just want the world to know I used to be cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're very impressed. You have your cigarettes rolled up in your sleeve. You're a greaser. <laughs> <laughs> now listen, Pony Boy, I don't like that. No, <laughs> no malarkey here. Um, yeah, well, cause so, and then I mean, we touched on this already, but I just thought the whole the the whole Elon Musk defamation case was very interesting to me because you know he's just trying to help. And then what got, was the original got, tweet he said? He got very defensive. I uh, I can't. I actually don't have the original tweet, but he just called him a quote unquote pedo guy, which in, okay, he said in South Africa is like a common insult. So uh, wow. <laughs> what, what what is the context of this story for our listeners who aren't familiar with? Well, so this is in, this is like forever. This is like 2017, 2016, something like that. There's these uh, a, a soccer team. A bunch of kids are trapped in a cave. And, oh, I remember this. Yeah, yeah. and they yeah. couldn't get yeah. out they because they out. weren't allowed to use their hands. Exactly. <laughs> and uh, we couldn't get them out. And so these divers, this guy's a professional diver. He's been doing it forever. And uh, Elon Musk comes through, and he's like trying to – he has a submarine, basically, that he's going to help use. And they're not letting him help, and he wants to help. And so the guy comes out and is like, why don't you just worry about – I think I have the quote on here somewhere. He said, worry about, uh, use your big brain somewhere else or worry about your own self. And uh, Elon Musk came out and called him a pedo guy. And uh, he, like, they rescue all the kids. Um, defame, it says, did not defame a British cave explorer by calling him a pedo guy on Twitter. A jury concluded on Friday in Los Angeles. The verdict ended a short trial based on a uh, dispute between the men over the high-profile rescue. Oh, in 2018. Yeah, wow. in Thailand. My fam- my faith in humanity is restored, Muster Must said. So he lost all faith in... You can call people a pedo guy and get away with it. Faith is restored <laughs> in humanity. So I count that as a win. The one tweet I remember from Elon Musk was... It was probably 2018 for April Fools. He said that they were going to take Tesla private, so the stock... <laughs> Rocketed. Yes, and I remember was, that day. Yeah, and it was like it was such a problem. Like, every, like <laughs> he, he was like going to be tried for securities fraud and everything. Yeah, the SEC was furious. Yeah, I yeah. wonder what the most legal trouble someone's been in for an April Fool's prank. Maybe that. I don't know. Here's that was my, bad. Here's my question to you. So Elon Musk says that about funding secured. The tweet was like funding secured. We might go private. Yeah. He gets in trouble with the SEC. No, he said that he had the funding secured. Right. And that they were going to go private. Right, yeah. right. So he gets in trouble with the SEC. Meanwhile, every other day, Donald Trump is tweeting out shit that's like, trade deals close with China. And that fucks with the market insane. And nobody says anything about it. Yeah. Well, I think the biggest thing is nobody can specifically link like Trump's money to like how the market is functioning. But we actually had a discussion about this when I was still working at um, an investment bank. And we were talking about like, how do we know he's not profiting from, like, every time he says, oh, tra- trade deal with China, oh, we're, like, not going to do a deal. Like, right. we don't know that. Right. We really don't. So and, that's blows me away. And I know we're all, like, taking turns. We each pick three stories. And let, let me just jump in and say my one of the stories I, I looked at was how Twitter is becoming something that people didn't know how it was going to turn a profit or be a worthwhile company. Right. But now it's being used as a a tool to affect the marketplace. Right. For like sentiment analysis and stuff. For sen- I mean, yeah. even on a smaller scale, you see like fast food brands are getting horny on Twitter. Yeah. 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 That whole thing was yeah. crazy. That whole thread was insane. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like Wendy's is talking about getting fisted. And it's like, <laughs> okay, what a world we live in yeah. now. <laughs> you can use Twitter to make them have to make a totally new Sonic the Hedgehog 
Oh like, yeah, that was crazy. Yeah, that's crazy too. We can't. That's the only change we can we can do in this world is change what Sonic, Sonic looks the like. Hedgehog looks yeah. like. And and Grace, I was trying to look up this a few few weeks ago. Like we had the Peloton ad get mocked and mocked and mocked and mocked. Did right. You, and that actually affected the stock price of Peloton. It was down around three dollars because of the Twitter vitriol. Really, I was uh, I was not paying attention at that time, but yeah, I knew post IPO Peloton ran into some issues. I think they're they're definitely back up. Um, now, but yeah, I was not aware that Twitter was a contributor to that. Twenty minutes. Oh, we're at twenty <laughs> minutes. Wow, we are yeah, flying. We're, we're having fun here. <laughs> and then the, uh, Donald Trump. Twenty minutes, you say? No, I'm kidding. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and so, like, Twitter's just being used to manipulate the market, whether it's the market for buying a buying a film or French fries. But Trump's using or it French to fries. like. <laughs> that, well, that's what uh, harkens back to Wendy getting fisted. <laughs> yeah, 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 the classic Wendy's fisting. <laughs> Even though they don't have great fries, whatever. Yeah, the worst fries. <laughs> but the worst it was in August when the market moved. 1% 22 different days they all correlated with Donald Trump tweets and specifically words like China trade deal billions products democrats him just saying those words move the market over 1% yeah. positive or negative this is why we got to get the man out it's it's too much you can't get away with this it's unbelievable it's you know moving my margins around give me color on this i hate it <laughs> <laughs> yeah, him announcing something like there's going to be a 10% tariff on Chinese goods, that, that moves the market entirely. And yeah. if, even if he's just putting the right shorts or even just selling on the volatility. This guy's writing calls left and right. We don't know. We can't yeah, see his finances. He, he has the license to print money yeah. with this stuff. Yeah. It's unreal. It is crazy. And everybody knows the Chinese goods are the best kind of goods. Yeah, and but this is actually being like studied by Bank of America, by J.P. Morgan. Yeah. And on days with more than 35 Trump tweets, which is a lot, I'll do like five and I'll be like, that's a little too much. Yeah. The stock market has fallen consistently. If Trump tweets less than five times, the stock market goes up. Interesting. I wonder what his average is. Like, what is his average like tweets per day? Do you have that stat? (laughs) I don't have have that (laughs) That would be good, though. I, do you follow Donald Trump on Twitter? I don't. No, he's blocked. He can't follow me. That's the one thing he can't have. He can, he can manipulate the market. He can meet the Clemson football team, but he can't follow yeah. at the Walkowski on Twitter. But you can, dear listeners. 60, so uh, see you there. 67 and a half million followers he follows. How many people do you think he follows? Uh, one. Just Louis C.K. I, I, no. I, I feel like it's it's got to be more than one. Um, I'm going to go with... 15. 48. Wow, okay. Yeah. He follows the White House, so you know it's real, yeah. Got to keep an eye out. Yeah. That is wild, though. You're right. I never really thought about that too much, because it does expand out from him. It's like he has an effect, and then he ripples out from, from what other people commenting on his effect, and Twitter really has grown into... I mean, Twitter is a big effector of the market. I never thought about it. Yeah, and I, I think companies now, they're using Twitter to focus group, to test ideas, mm-hmm. and to even manipulate the market if they have a big enough impact. Right. Like the Peloton girl, like, they were able to ride that out, and I think long-term, it's an advantage, because just having that amount of impressions is going to be a net positive for them. Did you see the actress that was in it came out and was like, not, I guess she apologized, which that was strange, but she was like, it was my eyebrows. I looked concerned. I looked like... I looked like a hostage. Everyone was saying she looked like a hostage. She goes, yeah, I think my eyebrows were a little bit funky. Wait, wait, wait. Was this a Peloton ad? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. And, right. um, you're, you're a young woman. Do you want a Peloton for Christmas? Um, No. <laughs> I don't actually think they're for, like, young women. I think they're, like, for, like, moms who, like are like stuck with their kids at home and it's like but I need to get a workout in and it's like oh okay my husband will just get me a Peloton yeah, and so he'll that... get a Tesla I'll get a Peloton yeah. and yeah. we'll both be victims when the revolution comes yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then we'll stand our brownstone in Greenpoint and that'll be it yeah yeah. I stand a Tesla king yeah oh man that's my goal um, one of my goals that's one of my goals Own a t- riding a Tesla Right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if anyone is uh, has a Tesla in New York City, come up, pick up Maddie, take him for a spin. Yeah, if you wouldn't mind. I, you know what? Somebody told me, and I guess I could just do this. They were like, you can just go somewhere and rent a Tesla for like a weekend. So maybe I'll do that. Interesting. How much does that cost? I wonder. I don't know, but I bet it's it's probably like a couple hundred bucks for the weekend, right? Yeah. 
I wouldn't mind doing that. It'd be fun to do. Drive somewhere cool. Pretend it's yours. Pick I, up babes. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> hey. I, I have a Prius, so I don't think it'd be much different. Be like, oh, wow, it's all, it's fully electric instead of just kind of. Yeah, that's people. You go pick up toddlers. I go pick up babes. <laughs> you like my car? It looks like a baby. It looks like your shoe. It looks like the shoe you have on, little baby boy. Get in my car. Yeah, if, you, if we rented a Cybertruck for a day, that would be sweet. Meanwhile, I'm picking up babes. Like, this thing goes zero to 60 in three seconds. How's that grab you? And they're like, not at all. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Fine. And I tell my car to drive me away, and then I drive away like my arms crossed because I don't have to touch it because it drives itself. Does it drive itself? Can, yeah. can it do that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who gets a ticket if the car is pulled over? I, I don't know. I would dive out. <laughs> I would dive out and uh, well, I'm like, I, I don't think, know whose car that is. I think probably you because in order for it to be speeding, you're like the one who, you know. Sets it right. It doesn't like think for itself, does it? I don't I just know. know. We don't know. <laughs> we, don't we don't know what kind of been. artificial intelligence is I in know. there. If I he, yeah, he took over my Twitter. Called this Thai guy a pedophile. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was from a Tesla. The Tesla tweeted yeah, the that. Car said it. The car said it. Yeah, that's exactly. It. Well, that's why Elon Musk can't be in trouble because actually the the company it's all in the car's name. Whoa. He's the head of the company. He's yeah. the canary. So when the company goes down, the car's in charge. That would, that'd be sick. Yeah, it's a plot of the new. Uh, that's a plot of the new Aaron Sorkin movie. Yeah, that it, that's actually a new TV show. My mother, the car, who's also a CEO. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, All right, let's move on to the next story. We've done about a half hour of bullshit here. Yeah. Uh, hope, <laughs> hope you're enjoying your uh, commute, your workout, or yeah. if you're just listening in the bath. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't forget to wash your butt. I don't know. <laughs> What the fuck is that? I mean, what's going on? I mean, kind of. <laughs> people, people, get, people get to wash their ass. You got to wash your ass, you know? Um, do you have any other stories or do you want to... Move I have, on. I, I, I've got, I just want to jump in my, to what that my story because I thought it was applicable at that moment oh, in time. Right. Well, I just think my, th- my last thing I wanted to talk about is I... This has nothing to really do with finance specifically, but it's kind of... I do think it's very interesting. We kind of talked about this in the last episode. Um, are you a collector? Do you collect anything? Do you have like a... Like a collection of anything? Um, like cards or like comic books or like, you know, no, maybe not. rare ch- like chips chips shaped in presidents' faces or anything? I don't really have a collection of anything. No. I just think it's very funny to me because like the stock market is obviously the market and it's... Uh, but there's also microcosms of different... There's like there's like a whole industry around trading cards. There's an industry about shoes and those fluctuate and there's like a, there's apps called StockX that are literally like you build a portfolio of shoes. Yeah. I think it's very interesting. I'm a big shoe guy. I love shoes. I think it's very interesting the, the, the economy of shoes and sneakers and how there's commodities and people can control how much they cost and how much they don't. And shoes, they are a good way to make an impact. Like I was telling you guys off air, last night I was at a billionaire's Christmas party. Yeah. And, you know, they're finance people. They're dressed very conservatively. But I wore some pink sneakers and I got like so many compliments on them. Yeah. Like nice. men, women, the people working there, they're like, those are so cool. Yeah. You look great. Also, as an aside, I did have a coworker who there was a glitch on, I think, the Adidas website. And so he bought like a bunch of them because they were like 20 bucks, like a bunch of Stan Smiths. Ooh. And he bought, wow. and so, but, okay, here's the thing he bought like a bunch of them. And then he tried to sell them to people at full price. And, like, to this day, like, when I left, he still has, like, tin boxes under his desk because he's not able to sell them at all. (laughs) Nobody wants them. No. Uh, Well, the problem is he, like, bought them all in his size. And I'm like, homie, you can't do that. You got to do, like, the most common size. What size is he? Um... Probably like a ten or something. Oh, that's I, small. I yeah. think nine and a half and a little, nine and a half, ten and a half. I think those are like the most common sizes. Okay, so nine makes... and a half is what my mom's foot is in a man size. That's what I wear. Your mom and I can share shoes. <laughs> oh, dude, I, I, <laughs> this I, is I, great I, news. I don't. I know my mom listens to the podcast, um, but she's she's getting some nice sneakers for. Her. <laughs> I got her some fuckboy shoes yeah, for, her for Christmas. Yeah, yeah. If anyone needs some sand, Stan Smiths, hit me up and I'll hit up my old coworker. Yeah, you know, I I got her some Air Force Ones. I'll get her the so the. Stan Smith too. She can nice. have the best of both worlds. <laughs> All right. Well, so I did like some research on like a little bit of the shoe culture and like the shoe uh, market. Man, I, I do feel bad for spoiling my mom's Christmas present. <laughs> we can, you know, bleep it out. Tell, no, we've ne- never like, edited anything bleep. out. We're not going to start when with spoiling. When he goes, Christmas. I actually got my mom. Just make it say bleep. Just yeah, be like, yeah, I got just... my mom. Bleep. <laughs> yeah. So it makes it sound like you got her something like, very explicit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> um. But these guys, I found this story of these 17-year-old kids 
they they raked in forty thousand dollars in sales at about twenty grand a profit. That's pretty good for yeah. seven, seventeen years old. A year of just flipping shoes. Very very interesting to me. Um, what was what model were they selling? Well, they were selling. I mean, all everything. I looked at their Instagram. They have an Instagram. Shout out to their Instagram. D- DMV resellers. They have like three grand or three thousand followers. Um, but they, you know, they got their hands on a lot of limited edition stuff. I don't know how. That's the thing that's most interesting to me is like you really have to have an in on this stuff. It's very much like getting in on an early IPO. It's like yeah. if you have a connection. And I feel like the brands reward your loyalty. Like Nike, I'll have good luck buying their VIP stuff. I know my buddy with Adidas. He buys a lot of their shit, so he gets he gets everything as soon as it drops. The guy in the article said his most profitable sneaker sale. Uh, he was 12 years old. Air Jordan One Off White, the UNCs. Those are the Jordan Ones that are like white and uh, like white and um, light blue. blue. Yes, light yeah. blue. Exactly. Tar Heel Blue. Yeah. Yes, North exactly. Carolina exactly. Native. He bought a pair for eight hundred dollars and sold them uh, for fifteen hundred. Powder blue sneaker retails uh, now at a, for one hundred ninety dollars. So I think that's very interesting. I like I said, I don't really mess with that at all but I know there's a couple Twitter accounts and Instagram followers or Instagram accounts I follow that are literally just people hustling selling shoes I think it's just a very interesting thing yeah my girlfriend had to use StockX for the first time a few weeks ago so I was like yeah there's this Nike drop coming out they're buried, they're re-releasing the Barry Sanders sneaker I am the world's greatest Detroit Lions fan so I figured no one deserves these more than me right they lost thirty eight to seventeen today. It sucked. Yeah. And they they were up they were down seven in the fourth quarter and they threw like two pick sixes, whatever. But I was, she's like she forgot to do it, so then she went to StockX, she got the shoes, yeah. and it was like within a day they'd been marked up like fifty percent. Wow. She got screwed over it. Yeah, they I mean they do not pay they don't play nice over there. Uh, and do they I, take a cut? What kind of cut does StockX take? I don't know, but it's they like get, eight to nine percent, from what I've heard. It we, depends on like where you are too, how often you sell things, because I think you get a lower rate if you're selling more stuff. Absolutely, and it'd be so confusing if they ever IPO'd. Yeah, that'd be super confusing. StockX it's, stock. It's like all dependent on what other people have, like are getting. So, yeah, yeah it'd be it'd be similar to, and that's kind of what's hurting eBay now. It's like there are all these niche marketplaces where the real trading is going on. Yeah. Well, I think as much of a as much of a hold as like StockX has, and there's Grail. They also and Goat. There's a Goat as a sneaker as a sneaker site. But I think a lot of it is literally a lot of it is through independent sellers on their own Instagrams. Like I said, that those people that I found in the article, they have a huge following. There's this one guy. I can't remember his name, but I tried to get some sneakers from him once or twice before, but I know he sells shoes to a lot of comedians. Like, Burt Kreischer has shouted him out. Uh, a lot of the Impractical Jokers have gotten shoes from him. I've, I've seen him be promoted. So I think he does a lot of his stuff independently through himself. You know, they meet in a public place. You give me the cash. Uh, I'll give you the shoe, that sort of thing. So I think that's a very huge, that's a huge thing. Um, I bought those Pharrell Human Maids. These I bought these. I was okay, like, nice. I haven't worn them yet. I've not worn them once. Yeah, uh, but you know the the king of comedian sneakers is Josh Gondelman, and he owns those shoes, and he wore them to Daisus and Merrill. So he, owns, he has these. Yeah, he has those, wow. and he's been wearing them. Wow. So yeah. you you got some catching up to do, my man. Yeah, I mean I, that doesn't surprise me. He has a lot of sho- he gets a he has a lot of shoes that I wish I had. But I bought these thinking I would hold on to them. He's and so nice. If he hears this episode, he'll probably give you some shoes. I've been trying. Uh, give me that Emmy. You know, I don't want your shoes. I want that Emmy. He has well, an Emmy, right? Yeah, I mean, it's not that hard to get an Emmy. We got an Emmy for the Big Walkowski this year. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Which I, I didn't even bring that up. Like, yeah, we we got an Emmy, and um, I won the tournament, so I also won Best Daytime Drama in 1995. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Should we move on to the next yeah, story? Yeah, please, carry on. Those are my three stories. Those are my three things I want to talk about for the, for my, the end of your episode. Okay, cool. So I'll move on to mine. Um, So the first one I have is the WWE Saudi deal. Um, So basically what ended up happening is in 2014, WWE decided, okay, we want to expand the market. Uh, We're going to start to look in the Middle East. Um, So they made a deal with Saudi Arabia to have two pay-per-views there per year. And so there was a huge, like, just so much pushback because, like, it's Saudi Arabia. There's like huge human rights violations. And the WWE, just to jump in, like they've made a real push for to feature their female superstars. Yes. Like they just had the first women's match headlining WrestleMania. Yeah. And so, yeah. And then also in 2019, I think the last, um, like the crown jewel was the first women's event that was held in uh, Saudi Arabia. Um, so like the women were all dressed in like bodysuits. Yeah, so, I saw that. Yeah. So like. <laughs> They like the, it wasn't like you know the scantily clad typical right. stuff, but yeah. So they actually had a wrestling match in Saudi Arabia for the first time, which is pretty cool. Yeah. 
But um, so for that event, there was a lot of backlash. Um, and so Vince McMahon uh, had like cut broadcasting in Saudi Arabia for that event because they had not paid them for like anything. Um, and so they were supposed to pay them and they hadn't paid them for anything. So he abruptly stops the broadcast and then th- they put it back on. And uh, I forgot the the prince. Uh, uh, I have his name somewhere. One moment. So, yeah, Prince Mohammed bin Salman, he retaliated by uh, this is rumored. I don't know if it's true. No, this is true. This <laughs> okay, is so like well true. reported yeah. okay, on by good like to know. throughout. Okay, I'm glad that I have Joel's backing in this. Yeah, confirmed. So uh, they he retaliated by detaining the plane and um and it like had 175 WWE staffers, including like high profile wrestlers. They were just like on the tarmac for six hours. Um, so basically, the reason this matters for the stock market is there's this is like a ninety five million dollar opportunity. Um, WWE brings in about eight hundred million dollars per year, so that's like around a ten percent increase. Right. Um, it's like China with the NBA sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and, and from what I understand, is just a few like the Saudi Arabian elites love the WWE. Yeah. It's their favorite product and they wanted it there for their own entertainment more than a business opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, they like love it, but like dealing with the Saudi government because like if you're doing business in Saudi Arabia, you're eventually you're inevitably dealing with the Saudi government has been such right. a pain. Um so yeah, the stock had sold off like I think it fell like five percent once this happened wow. which by the way is when i got in hey, <laughs> hey. so uh, once you bought the wwe stock are you watching the pay-per-view i've <laughs> i've been paying way more attention now <laughs> <laughs> i'm not i'm not watching the pay-per-views quite yet but you got your eye on the brand still yeah that's well, all that matters i mean they do have a a national television deal they're on fox fox is cross-promoting the hell out of them and so like they're really being brought to the market to just be consumed by young people well and yeah. they're on all the time there's monday they wrestle on like mondays and thursdays and i mean i you know sundays so i would it's, assume it's monday and friday really <laughs> yeah. i feel like it was like multiple well it's monday and friday then they have their minor league show nxt, yeah, NXT. which is another day of the week yeah i don't know what nxt is but monday night raw friday night smackdown they do pay-per-views. So, like, yeah, you can watch it, like, three to four times a week. Yeah. So. And that's, uh, well, we're Brooklyn comedians, so everyone we know loves wrestling. Okay. And the the worst part, there's too much content for uh, the casual fan to keep up. So, yeah. really, it's just becoming this sort of thing you have on in the background. Right. They're producing so much, like, you can't, it's impossible to keep up with it. Interesting. Okay, yeah. That's... I- Go ahead. No, I was just that's really wild that to me that I don't know why I wouldn't assume Saudi Arabia I wouldn't I wouldn't hear that and be like huge wrestling fans. Yeah, it's very interesting. Well, I think there's just like nothing else like it in that market. Like, yeah. I don't really know what they're broadcasting in Saudi Arabia, but I'm gonna assume like professional wrestling has not been one of the typical things that they've yeah. seen. <laughs> and WWE is our last link to old vaudeville. Like what, is, what is old vaudeville? Well, it's just like the spirit of entertainment that was just kind of like New York barnstorming. Showmanship. And... It kind of took over. It launched the WWE with the New York market, and it was taken over by Vince McMahon, and he still just kind of steers the entire company. Right. For one individual to have such control over the content, the way that the business performs, I think it's truly unique in American businesses. Yeah, that's, absolutely. That's true. I mean, you've heard stories of there's comedians that have written for the show, and for a writer, he's the head of the company, and I've heard stories of writers for the show interacting with him directly. To me, for a writer of a show to 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 be d- directly in contact with the CEO of the company feels, I mean, I don't have experience with that, but that seems very rare. Yeah. No, I mean, I think he really cares about, like, everything that they put out there. Uh-huh. Like, he, like, speaking of Twitter, he, like, has been on Twitter before and been, like, okay, like, listening to fans being, like, as you said, like, they want more female, like, action in there. And, like, he was, like, okay, done. Like, yeah. if, you, if that's what you guys want, like, I want to make you guys happy. You're the one basically paying us. So so how do you think in the long run this is going to work out with the WWE in, the, uh, in Saudi Arabia? Oh, man, I have no idea. Um, I think it's going to be interesting to see how it pans out because... 
I I'm not well versed on the Saudi government, but mm-hmm. it's kind of crazy in like a different world in the Middle East. Well, it, next time if you could come a little more prepared, that'd be really uh, great. okay. <laughs> All right, okay, cool. No, that, 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 that is kind of the interesting thing. Like here for the longest time, like it, you, it was embarrassing to be a wrestling fan. Like I grew up watching it, I was made fun of for it. But worldwide, it has such great market appeal. Like India yeah. loves the WWE, and like like Europe as well. Like has like a huge WWE following. And there was no competitor, at least nationally, until earlier this year. Are you a little bit nervous about Shad Khan and AEW? <laughs> Me? Yeah. Um. No, I think <laughs> I honestly. She seems you seem very confident, not shaking at all. I, yeah. No, not at all. Well, because like the way that. The WWE has executed the business is just so flawless. And, like, once again, like, Vince McMahon, like, he, like, he's a great CEO. So, like, he, like, knows what he's doing. Also, he's from North Carolina. So, hey, yeah. cool. hey right. what up? Represent. <laughs> There's a little, we'll drive up to Stamford. And that's one of our rules at Home Hold My Bread. We only invest in companies we can drive to their headquarters and rough up the CEO. Oh, yeah. nice. Of All right. Cor- well, then that works. <laughs> of course, Vince also keeps the body of a wrestler. <laughs> so yeah, at seventy six, he's uh <laughs> he yeah. is yoked. Once he is like a walk, he does as a bad guy, and he's once walked so emphatically, he blew out blows, both his quads. Wow, <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, and he had to perform, and he just ripped <laughs> the two biggest muscles in each leg. Oh, you know, man. those are the, they call those the big standards because you need him to stand forty. Wow, 40. we're having a blast today, <laughs> uh-huh. boys and girls. We're loose, you know. It's, uh, yeah. I told you it was going to be a fun one. All right, what's your uh, next uh, end of the end of the year story? Um, or not? So my next one is kind of related to what you were saying um, with Tesla and Peloton and like Twitter, but not quite. Um, but so this year has seen an abundance of poorly received um, IPOs, um, specifically from disruptor companies, uh, Uber and Lyft being the first two I think of, and then also WeWork. Yeah, mm-hmm. basically, if you're funded by SoftBank, you had a terrible yeah, year. Yeah, you really did. Um, and so <laughs> this is this has been really interesting because... It's kind of showing this over-exuberance in the private market where venture capitalists are kind of like believing in the story that founders are saying. And they're like, oh, just stick with it. Believe in the story. We're going to have so much momentum. And they've the VC backing, like part of when you say, OK, I'm going to privately invest in this like new up and coming company is you like make sure they have a viable business model. And they've done terrible with, like, Uber and Lyft specifically, and then also WeWork. They've just been terrible with being, like, okay, you're actually a business. You need to be profitable. Um, It's basically they just said, okay, here's a bunch of money. Like, do what you want with it. And then Uber has been so irresponsible with their money. Like, I believe Uber spends $400 million a year on research and development. Like... You've already killed the cab industry. Just take your victory lap. You don't need to, like, ruin those costs. Yeah. They're trying to develop. It's trying to drive, develop driverless cars and just eliminate the the need to pay anyone at all. Yeah, I I believe they developed driverless cars in response to there being too many pedestrians on the streets of Phoenix. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) So messed up. Um, Well, you know, that's a good company. You see a problem, you create a solution. The woman was jaywalking, and she's not jaywalking anymore. (laughs) She's not. (laughs) She's she's jayrolling. Is she? Did she? Is she alive? Yeah. yeah. No. I, okay, I, I, I don't know. Yeah. No. She's very much. Okay. She's as alive as a New York taxi certificate medallion. Uh, oh, that's bad. So <laughs> yeah, she's alive, but she's only worth about three hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, yeah. I. Uh, it's all smoke and mirrors. Yeah. A lot of this stuff is all hype and. It feels very gold rushy where they're like, we got to make our money and then we got to get out of here. Yeah. And so it's interesting because it reminds me back um, in the 90s, not that I was, you know, investing then because I was literally (laughs) a kid. Um, But like in the 90s, there's the dot com boom. Mm -hmm. And so that's when like you had all these Internet startups and they did the same thing where they're like, oh, we have this idea and we're going to be on the Internet and it's going to be great. And then, like, it was just all this over-exuberance. And so, like, that eventually, like, fell. And then you have, like, a few companies that stuck around, like Amazon, right. IBM, some other ones. Um, so it's just, yeah, it'll be interesting to see because it's kind of like this app boom is happening yeah. now. So. And Absolutely. You, and they've all tried to cash in this year. Yeah, what, yeah. What tech IPOs have actually come out successfully and done well in the marketplace in 2019? So, hmm. 
So the only one, and this is not a tech IPO, so <laughs> it doesn't really count. The only IPO that I can think of that's like a disruptor technology that's done super well this year is Beyond Meat. Beyond Meat. Not, not familiar. Yeah, we don't talk about that here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we hate them. We hate them. Why? Uh, what cause, happened? Because I pulled money from my whole family to invest in them when they opened and I got cold feet because I thought the price was too high. Oh, no. And then we missed out. Well, I thought yeah. it was going to be 21 opening price. It was 43. I was like, that's too much. Yeah, and then it like it really skyrocketed. Yeah, it hit 233 at some point, but it's back out down in the 80s, so my mom would only be semi-retired at this point, so it works out. <laughs> <laughs> um, Is there hope for Uber? Do you think they'll be around in five years? Um... I don't know. I mean, they'll probably be around in some form. I'm not sure if it'll be, like, like the idea of Uber will be around. Like, there will still be, like, either people or self-driving cars, like, picking up people, like, on an app. Um, whether it's actual the Uber company, I don't know. That's, yep. like, to be determined. Yeah, one of my good friends is a programmer at Uber. I'll keep him anonymous, but he was not happy with how his vesting turned yeah. out. <laughs> like, because that's the other thing when you're like when you work at these startups as a programmer, part of how you're paid is like through these stock options, and so like basically you're like putting in all this work to eventually get paid out right. when it goes public. You're investing in yourself. Yeah, a you're, bit. well, you're investing in the company that you're working in. So it's like you're putting in the work. You're going to try to make this product really, really good because you want it to like boom when like right. it actually goes public so right. you can sell your shares and be like all right peace right. like i've i've done my work you're, start- you're a, basically starting a business and yeah. U- uber it's selling for about 50% of its opening price at this point right yeah i i actually wrote it down okay so yeah it's down last i checked it's down 31% since its ipo in may yikes holy yeah, moly not good <laughs> yeah they imagine working there for 5 years and like that's your payoff yeah yeah well we so don't have that so i guess it's still better <laughs> yeah honestly it seems pretty good for Wimson. yeah if i'm a freelance truck driver or something yeah. <laughs> so, yeah i don't I my only a... option is to whether or not i should pee in a bottle yeah, I took a lift here. I was I was furious. Wow. Yeah, I I peed in a bottle while driving up to Boston with my girlfriend yesterday, and she didn't break up with me, so it's fine. Well, I that's mean, good. I mean, I'm you know, who among us hasn't had to pee in a bottle in a car trip? You know, I can say I have not. So you haven't lived. You got you got to let your hair down, money well, bags. Well, I- <laughs> <laughs> um, do, uh, all right. Do you have another? Uh- yeah. So my last and final one, which I found, is this is apparently a hipster stock. Ooh, I like um, this. So, um, AMD and Intel they have been competitors for fifty years mm-hmm, since mm-hmm. like you know computers were a thing and CPUs were a thing. Um, so right now, AMD controls about 25% of the CPU market, while Intel is like 70%. And for those who may not know, the CPU is like the reason your computer runs. It like holds everything. It's the reason you can like click buttons and like do math problems on your computer. Um, so yeah, so as of recently, um, Intel's always had better products. Um, and so they've basically had pricing power in the market. Um, and AMD has always kind of been this like lower grade, like cheap CPU. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember when I built a computer when I was sixteen. I had I picked an AMD chip because it was like fiery red packaging. I was like, this is sick. Nice, yeah. So and like they've been cheaper. Um, so this year, AMD released a new computer chip, and it is basically the same. Um, I haven't actually tried it, but the product is supposed to be very similar to running times as Intel's chips, and they've marked down the price, like $200. So now for the first time, Intel's had to compete on price, which is really interesting because um, they've just never had to do that. So like now AMD is disrupting the space, um, and so they're finally having their chance to like really skyrocket. So if you haven't invested in AMD, I, on my part, I would say do it. You don't think it's too late to do now, though? It's up at $41 right now. Um, You think it has more room to go? I, th- I think potentially, yeah. That's great. I bought in. I mean, that's the bulk of my portfolio. The bulk of my portfolio is Tesla and AMD. I bought oh, into, nice. I bought into AMD. I bought in. I bought some shares when it was 18. I bought shares at 26. I bought shares at 30. 
So I bought AMD at 14 the first time, and yeah. then I can't tell you when the next time I bought was. Um, but yeah, nice. Yeah. Well, so, but yeah, okay, that's interesting because I've been looking at, um, I want to invest more. AMD, I, it makes me feel like a genius for buying it. Yeah. I, like, honestly, I look at my portfolio and it's just gone up and up and up. And I up. just like, so I didn't know they were doing that unveiling, and I had it in my portfolio already because like everyone had been talking about it. And yeah. like, honestly, I was like, I don't know. Everyone's talking about it. I'm just going to buy it. Yeah. Um, and then like that happened, and I was like, all right, people know what they're talking Absolutely. about. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think it's great. Yeah. That's great. Very cool. Awesome. Yeah, um, so that, those are mine. No, that's good. I appreciate the tip at the end. Invest in AMD. Because I, honestly, I looked at 41, and I was like, I'm going to sit off for this for a while, but if you think it has room to go up. Yeah, cause I would what, maybe wait until like Trump also announced like another... like. Because they'll inevitably be like, something will happen with Trump, either with the impeachment or, like, China. So, like, maybe wait until that happens so it goes down a bit. Yeah. And then I would buy buy the dip. That's cool. Yeah. Joel, we got a few minutes left. you got to hit, hit us with your stories. What do you got? And I just want to say, we started from the bottom here, but generally, I, if you look at our charts, if you were to follow our advice from the beginning, you'd be up 25% in a quarter, which is honestly pretty, good. pretty incredible. Yeah, that's pretty good. Like, that's a better return than Vanguard, which I'm told <laughs> is a very um, big deal. Yeah, suck on that bogleheads. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna put up my screenshots on Bogleheads.org tonight. Yeah, <laughs> we gotta put some pictures of you in your suit. You look good last night. I, in that I suit. did look. Yeah, good. those will be on the Instagram for sure. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I think uh, one of the best stories this year is the death of weed stocks. Yeah, what happened? And well, they seemed like a, a disruption in investors' dreams. And like, I think in any casual conversation you have about investors in the last uh -huh. five years, everyone's like, "Yeah, I got a weed stock. I yeah. got a weed stock." But really, in like. Canadian grower Tilray, they they shot up 400% in less than three months last year. It hit a $20 billion valuation, which is the same as American Airlines. That's insane. Wow. But they only brought in like $200, 200 million in revenue, as opposed to American Airlines, which raked in $45 billion. And the thing is, there's little chance that any marijuana company has a chance of making profits. There are 9,000 growers of marijuana across the United States, and that's just people with the license to do it legally. And so far, only 11 states have legalized marijuana in their 5,000 marijuana stores. But how many Walmart stores do you think there are? It's like it's got to get close to Starbucks. Like, they're everywhere. 4,750. We all love weed. I think it's a great product, but should there be more weed than Walmart? Wow. No. There's yeah. there's a bubble. There's it's oversaturation. Yeah, there's such an oversaturation of weed. You're seeing like weed is being sold for half price in in Washington and Oregon, the first places to roll out legalization along right. with Colorado. Well, the market is so flooded with that and then CBD is coming in with all these other products. It's flood the whole thing is flooded with all sorts of like that type of stuff. Yeah, now that it's legal and like we can look at marijuana and we can see there's nothing special there. It's just a crop. Right. Are yeah. you really going to be excited talking about buying stock in corn or yeah. soy? There's nothing to it. That is a very good point. It's crazy. I think it fits in the situation similar where it's like people treat it like a tech stock. People are, it's new and it's very exciting. Yeah. So people think like, oh, this is like, it's going to enter the market. There's uh -huh. going to be like a treat, like crazy run on uh -huh, it. And uh -huh. it's like, Maybe not. And yeah. there are yeah. some companies nice like yeah. Coke or Pepsi will have a CBD cola at some point. If you get lucky and you pick on pick whatever company has that partnership, maybe you can make money. But I don't see any other way you can make money in weed. Yeah, really, you'd be so much better off just selling it yourself yeah. than buying yeah. any stock. <laughs> Absolutely, it? those guys—they're all rich. Yeah, hundred percent. The guy I buy weed from nicest car, just a great car. He can afford a Tesla, I bet. He's driving on an Acura. Come on. Yeah, I really thought you were gonna be like guy I buy weed from nicest guy he, oh, he's also very nice <laughs> yeah the only, shout out to zip yeah the only way you can lose money on weed is if you're like me and your girlfriend throws out two hundred dollars worth of butter <laughs> that, that happened today she i'd been making this butter for my doorman renzo i love him to death he's going on a bachelor party so for months he's like hey man can you make me some brownies because i if anyone knows me i make legendary brownies yeah they're okay good to know yeah, yeah. and I, i've been like soaking them in olive oil i've been soaking them for a couple hours every day and she just poured it all out this afternoon. Uh, wow. So, yeah, you can lose money. Yeah. Awful. 
Um, so last story, I'm going to talk about Art Gold Holdings. Okay. Do you know about that? I don't. Art Gold Holdings me. was the best growing stock of the year. Um, it is a marble company. The shares went up thirty. So like, like marble, like countertops. No. Yeah, okay. little, little round ones. <laughs> it's like just got to make sure. <laughs> no, yeah. that's a good question. I was, a little, yeah. you know. So they're they went up thirty eight thousand percent this year wow. with uh, which equates to like a one billion dollar market cap. Wow! And that's like eighty five times what their revenue How is. How did they do that? Wow! Well, they did it. Be, they no one knows how it happened. They were just supposed to be listed on this Chinese index, but then the Wall Street Journal pointed out the disparity between the company's fundamentals and its stock price. And then they lost 98% of their market value in a day. Wow, that's interesting. Is that like a pump and dump scheme? Maybe. You know what's... So that reminds me, not that it's related, but maybe something. Um, There are tickers on, like, the NYSE that are similar to other tickers. So, like, Tesla, for example, is TLSA. And then, like, for some reason, let's say there's another... Like, there's one that's actually, like, spelled Tesla, like, T-E-S-L-A. And someone just like puts in that, thinking they're buying the actual Tesla stock, oh. and that can like make it go up like so much. So that might have been part of it. I don't know. Wow. Maybe not, but like no, that's would be interesting. interesting yeah. Let me look up their initials right now. Yeah, because I wonder if it's like close to another it, more popular <laughs> ticker. Amazon. It's yeah. like A M A Z O N E. <laughs> uh, my bad. Yeah, that's interesting. H K D. H K D. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure. Hong Kong dicks. <laughs> I don't know, it's like, I'm not good at improv. People do that, though. People do that with podcast names. People do that with like websites where they like spell it kind of close and they hope that nobody pays attention. Or yeah, they somebody yeah. just started Hold My Broad about the Me Too movement. <laughs> <laughs> I was on Pornhub the other night and uh, it was weird. The, it's a O instead of a U. It's yeah, all, all the videos star a cartoon tiger. Yeah, it was weird. Calvin came out. They just read to me. It was <laughs> yeah, strange. It's just piss porn. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I think that was our year-end episode. Did you have fun money bags? I did. Grace money bags. Not, Grace you know? money bags. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, she's got a little money bags tattoo over ankle. It's beautiful to see that kind of dedication. Yeah. To the podcast. <laughs> um, yeah. Th- so yeah, this will be our last episode of the year. We're gonna come back uh, New Year. We're gonna have some new guests on. Uh, keep growing the portfolio. We really did have a, a pretty successful first couple episodes. I mean, we're only what fourteen episodes in, fifteen episodes in. But we've really grown. Yeah, where did we got we got people listening, we got yeah. people reaching out, and yeah. we got profitability. Where should we sell off our Amarin stock? We bought it fourteen. It's up to twenty six. It'll probably hit thirty tomorrow. What do you think, money bags? Do I don't know. Much know. About so I don't know much about Amarin, but uh, Joel filled me in, and so he was saying that they're basically have been approved for this drug, mm-hmm. and shot uh, to Vesipa. Yeah, and so and I was telling him typically what happens with biotech stocks when they get approval for a new drug. In order to distribute it, they typically have to do another round of funding, and that'll dilute the shares. So, like, there'll initially be, like, a pop when, like, it's released and, like, you know, people are excited about it. And they're like, all right, this drug's going to go to market. And then they announce they're going to do another round of funding, and then it'll go down. So I would suggest selling it before then. But really up to you guys. Like, if you think that the distribution is going to go, like, without another round of funding, then, like... Maybe hold on to it. Yeah, and I countered with that they've already hired over 400 sales reps and are looking to be acquired as their end goal. So oh, yeah, the acquisition part, yeah. If it is going to be acquired, yeah, I would hold on to it because it'll definitely, like, pop quite a bit once it's acquired. I'm so excited. Yeah. I think I'm going to buy uh, some more of that. I'm gonna, you got me, I'm going to buy some AMD here in the next couple of, uh, next couple of days. Yeah. This is great. Well, what a good year. Um, hopefully next year will be better. Do you have anything that you would like to say before we end the year? Hey, it's been uh, great learning and growing with you guys. If you want to catch me, I'm on Instagram at Joel Wachowski. I've got shows in New York City on December 19th and 22nd. Hit me up if you want to come. We'll have a good old time. Yeah. Um, this is going to be out at the end of the year. So, But I'll be in uh, L.A. February 17th to 23rd doing shows. I'll be in Austin the 24th through probably March 1st. Um, so check out, I'll post all on Instagram, but come see me in LA, come see me in Austin. And, uh, yeah. What about you? Do you have any shows you'd like to promote? Um, yeah, no, I no. mean, I'm not a comedian, but you can promote whatever you want. Promote your favorite show. Yeah. What, what, what should we watch? Um, hmm. do you have HBO? Do you like Watchmen? No, I don't have it. HBO. I don't either. Mm, what's my favorite show? 
Huh, I don't know. This is not not good. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's all right. Uh, all right. Thanks for listening. Well, thank you for Goodbye. listening. Thanks for hanging on. Goodbye, everybody. Mm-hmm.